0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 Diddly D.
1: Wow. Hey Schmack oh my god, it's me Eddie Haskell and with me
2: is.. Oh yeah, the beaver baby, Godzilla. Hey Beav. Hey Eddie.
1: Hey, these nuts. Hey. Yeah, these nuts and whatever else a third grader would say. <laughs>
2: Your mama.
1: Your mama. Fuck you and your crayons. <laughs> That's what I said if they're great. <clears throat> so
2: what's up, dude? Not much, man. Just uh, drinking here on a Saturday night. Getting ready to do some more fan reviews. Hell yeah. Home
1: on a Saturday night. I feel like... Uh, what is it? Uh, Hard Army Tard? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs>
2: U.S. Army hard.
1: U.S. Army tard. I am the U.S. Army tard on a Saturday night at home. (laughs) Daddy, daddy, get on Amazon.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, yeah, we are are knocking out these fan episodes now. We're getting back into it. We're recording tonight. We're going to record on Wednesday. We're recording next Saturday with a special guest. Uh, We're getting ready to knock these out.
1: But We should should go from now on On these episodes It's like we're at 18 No actually we're at 17 17 more to go And we're done with these fan paid episodes
2: (laughs) We think But they keep sneaking up on us But I got some people I gotta talk to Out there Who have not reached out to me yet Or somehow I missed What they need to do So everybody listen up right now Because I need these motherfuckers to get in contact with me, the best way tag me on our Facebook page or send me a uh, you know a private message on Facebook. But the people I'm talking to now, this first group of people are people who paid just to pick an album, not to guess. Uh, but people who need to pick out an album: Diego Pizarro, Tyson Brown, Eric Westoff, Brian Seifert. Chris Kaser, or Kaiser Kaiser, uh, Josh Hill, and Tyler Fineman. You guys all paid to pick an episode, so get to me. Let me know what you want to do, and we got uh, a couple people now who paid to not only uh, pick an album, but guest. I'm talking to you, Matthew Koeman and Mike Tyler, Metal Mike Tyler. <clears throat> Need to know what you guys want to do, and then we got another one jim rayner now jim rayner paid a hundred dollars so not only does he get the guest, but he can pick whatever kind of weird thing i mean a lot of you guys have been picking some questionable shit, but hey at least it's metal jim rayner you can pick whatever the fuck you want for a hundred bucks now if we didn't read your name and you still paid don't worry you know we're not talking to you we, you know we got shit for a lot you know there's a lot of people who paid to guess uh, 16, you know, 17
1: more to go after this. 16.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, or if you're scared, you can still reach out to me or tag me or whatever. Uh, you know, but we're getting ready to knock these out and getting back to what mommy and daddy want to do. But Yeah. Uh,
1: so, everybody it? that we name, you know, that you haven't picked an episode, pick your episode and get back to us 2029.
2: <laughs> yeah. And we want to get this shit done. No, no offense. <clears throat> all righty well now that that's out of the way uh don't have any new itunes reviews to read so keep them coming i love reading that shit the good the bad and the fuggly.
1: you mean u.s army tar did not write a, a new review
2: yeah no i think he has to like take that down or and he can do a new one or he can create a new profile and do it <clears throat> and uh and I, I just want to say, we all know who U.S. Army Tart is. He's a uh, brainiac. He's a brainiac, brainiac on the floor. But uh, you know who hasn't done one a while and you're overdue is Andrew Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm beginning to wonder if he's homeless. You know, doesn't have internet or whatever. You know, he's been missing an action. You know, his wife's still getting plenty of action, but he's missing an action. So uh, Andrew Jacobs, it's time for some more hate. <coughs> yeah, we. But, missed with, it. <laughs> but with that out of the way, let's get into the news, shall we?
1: The news. Uh, I got Ooh. I got a theme song for the news. Okay, sing it. Hey, it's the news. Listen up. Oh, uh, uh, that's
2: hot punk rock. Very that short song. Awesome. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I got a mohawk.
2: Yeah, oh, I loved it. I love the picture you sent me. Yeah. Yeah, man, that shit's tight, tight,
0: tight, tight. Tight, tight,
2: tight. <laughs> I love it. How many people out there your age have mohawks, man? That's fucking killer.
1: You know what? I told my dad, I'm going to paint it green when my dad says, you know you're too old for that shit, right?
2: Uh, I, I can see your dad saying that right after he like acts like he's going to punch you in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I love your old man. How's he doing?
1: Doing great, man. Him and my old age, my mom is doing awesome.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'll back you up there. Doing your mom is awesome. Hey. Uh, hey. Don't just nice must...
1: me, man. You, you know how, how touchy I feel that my mom's a whore. Yeah. Hey, no.
2: She She's doing great. She's great doing. Just ask your dad and 90% of Hylia.
1: Yeah. 25% oh. of Havana.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that. Yeah. Your mom likes to smoke a Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something you hate being reminded of. and That's the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. Uh, but, uh, you know
1: what? I, 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 I'll remind everybody out there. I don't mind hearing about the Rock and Roll Hall I mind about hearing those idiots that complain about it.
2: True that, true that. But uh, there was some leaked uh, uh, footage today because uh, tonight, you know, as we're recording on the, the 5th or whatever it is of November, um, so they're recording it tonight. It'll be up on HBO, but probably Judas Priest will get all edited out of the, the rebroadcast. But uh, there's footage of Judas Priest playing with Les Banks and KK Downing. And uh, I haven't watched it yet. I, I've heard a lot of mixed stuff about the footage that they showed, so it's like... No, I mean, the
1: footage, the footage is only video, not audio. Right. It, and they uh, play Metal Gods, you know, the steel version, the studio version. Right. And they show yes. up, and, and I'm looking at that footage and I go, man, what, look at that KK up on that stage. like, it just feels so right to have them there, oh. you know what I'm saying? Oh,
2: of course. Now, do you think this will lead to something? Because, you know, Ian Hill made those comments that kind of like, eh, maybe they're more open to it than they were letting on in the past. What do you
1: think? I, I'm hoping. <clears throat> I'm hoping. Uh, that's all I can say. But it would be weird, too, because they're almost done with the new album. You know? Right. So they're going to have to tour on the new album with KK, who didn't play on it.
2: <clears throat> well... I, honestly, the way KK talks, I don't think he'd give a shit. He just, he wants back in the band. Yeah, I know, uh,
1: I, but I don't give a fuck about KK. I, well, I want him to play on the album.
2: Yeah, no, that, that, that would be great, you know, and who knows? Maybe they would reap because from what I've heard, it's pretty much all done except Rob's vocals, so if they want to let KK take a turn and throw on some solos, or, you know, maybe they'll pull some Kiss shit and say he did, but it's it's really sneak. uh... <laughs> but I would love to see him back and, you know, if anything great can come out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame uh, for KK to be back in Priest, you know, for the end of it uh, would be fantastic
1: be the only good thing they ever did
2: you know, oh hell yeah but, uh, you know it's scary looking at you know, like KK 71 like, son of a bitch you know, I want him in the band though you know but I think KK's the same age as Mick Mars <laughs> yeah. and we all know how that story ends you know but uh, yeah I hope something good comes out of this you know and if not I would be more than happy to go see the same lineup that you and I saw uh, in, uh, in Miami you know because I, I thought Faulkner and, and Sneep did an incredible job I still felt like I was at a Judas Priest show but man I'd like to see him one more time with KK Oh, that'd be amazing. You know, to to see that son of a bitch, you know, come out there and do center. Oh, yeah, some good shit. Oh man. All right, what else we got in the news here? Uh, blah, blah blah blah. Uh, Carmine Appice said uh, he spoke to Mick Mars about doing some shows together. Now I think that could be really killer.
1: Yeah, it could be uh, spon- the tour could be sponsored by Depends.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I get it. It'd be nice to see Mick play some solo shows, uh, you know, and not do you know everybody knows his health and stuff. You know, you know, a show that he wanted to do that he didn't feel like drained on, and and to hear him play some shit that's not Motley Crue would probably be pretty fucking good. But, uh, God, could you imagine him and Carmine, though? I, I, I think there could be some great shit out of that. You yeah. Know, I think it would, it would be more in Mick's wheelhouse of what Mick really wants to play. You know? Uh, I, I just think that would be great. I don't know, uh, you know, I know Mick lives in the Nashville area now. I don't know if Carmine does or not. But, uh, wow, that would be a good one for Rocket Pod. Holy shit, could you imagine that?
1: Yeah, but, you know, with Mick's health and everything, it's like, I don't think he can tour, especially smaller venues.
2: Well, oh, no, not tour. That's what we said. He'd like to do, like, you know, maybe a couple, you know, solo shows. And, you know, and he lives in Nashville, Rockin' Pods in Nashville. Uh, I know Zinzak, I believe, has, has reached out before, but uh, to me, that would be like a perfect thing for Mick to do. You know, because, you know, you wouldn't have to travel. He could just show up, play a little bit. You know, Carmine, who we shared an elevator with at the last Rockin' Pod. You know, if he could show up, wow, that'd be a great set there.
1: And also, I want to give a shout-out to our friend Chris Sizzler. It's his birthday
2: today. That's right. You beat me to it. Yeah, I, I texted old Sweet Dick earlier and uh, wished him happy birthday. He just got back from L.A., and he had the displeasure of hanging out with Mark Alden Taylor. <laughs> they, they hung out. Uh, I think I saw pictures of them together at the Rainbow. And Mark was drinking gasoline.
1: They that Mark in the Rainbow?
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Even after nice. got...
1: but they didn't hear his podcast.
2: <laughs> well, he walked in... He, Mark had no idea what the rainbow was. He walked in with a rainbow flag and came out of the closet. Oh. They're like, no, it's not that kind of club. You know? And then he took out his dentures and they let him in. Yeah. Dude,
1: today, <laughs> this is too funny. Uh, I don't know. This was like when I freshly shaved my head. So it had to be like four months ago. I yeah. did a track by track. It was Pretty Boy Floyd versus Striper. The hell with Devil. And I went off on Pretty Boy Floyd, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what happened today on my uh, YouTube page uh, on the Almost Human? Somebody posted that track by track, and it was uh, the singer of Pretty Boy Floyd put it on his page. <laughs> so he, uh, so I, I clicked on his thing to see what he said about me. And, yeah, yeah, the guy's cool, man. I mean, yeah, you know, he doesn't know me, of course. So he said, well, good thing our fan base didn't have a bald head. You know, shit like that, you know. They did. You don't know me, bro. I've had long hair longer than he has. But anyway, uh, but, you know, he said some nice things. And, you know, hey, man, you know, whatever. You know, he said nice things. And then I read the comments. (laughs) Bald guy living in mom's basement. That was more than one person. (laughs) You know, all this <laughs> no,
2: bro- well well it was actually all but under different names. <laughs> yeah. There's no
1: basements in Florida, goddammit. Anyway, <clears throat> hold on, mom, make me a hot pocket. Anyway, so I uh I left a comment. I said, Hey man, I'm the one that made that video and uh you know, uh, I, I think you have a cool sense of humor and uh I'm just I'm just coming here to show respect piece. Oh, and I said, because they have a song, because dude, actually, I never watch my videos, but I I had to click on that after he saw it. I figured, let me see what I said about Pretty Boy Floyd. Yeah, I wasn't (laughs) nice, but one song they had called 48 Hours, which was not, it it wasn't a good song, but I, I said complimenting things. I go, listen, this song is called 48 Hours, and the lyrics are about the weekend. And I'm like, Hey man, time's ticking. We only got 40 hours. Let's fucking rock. Grab the hairspray and the lipstick. Let's rock. You know, that's his positive I got, you know. And in the thing he said, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe in a year he'll be like at our show, uh, flashing the horns to 48 hours. (laughs) And that was part of the comment I left. I go, and, and yeah, man, I will be flashing the horns at 48 hours. I love comedy. I'm not going to back down, you know? Right. But I was respectful to the guy. and I, I thought it was cool that he shared, not only shared, but, he, you know, he didn't really bash me. He said, yeah, you know, the only thing he said, is, well, good thing they didn't look like that, you know, our fan base. I go, well, you know, even when I had long hair, I didn't look like your fan base because I don't wear mascara, you know. <laughs> and what uh, fan he, base? Come on, let's get real.
2: You know, in the, look, you know, look at what you said about Mark Slaughter. Mark Slaughter, you know, called to check on you during Hurricane Ian. You yeah know?
1: what what a super nice guy man. Yep.
2: yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of people that have you know a good sense of humor don't take themselves seriously you know uh i believe it was two rockin' pods ago when we met the uh we met a couple of the guys from Wildside, and the drummer was just going off about our episode he goes these guys are so fucking funny he goes he goes they liked some of it. He goes, and they busted our balls where we deserved it. And and okay. he couldn't, and unfortunately, we couldn't work out. We were going to interview him later in the day, but shit got mixed up. But they couldn't have been nicer. And they totally got that, you know, we joke around and, you know, have different opinions. But you got to respect shit like that, you know. They, they, they didn't fucking pout. They laughed at it. They went along with it. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's awesome,
1: man. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. It's good to see, like, you know, crappy musicians being cool people. Yeah, exactly. Well, Wild Side, I, as I recall, I think I liked more from the Wild Side album than I disliked. I thought it was Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, we were both surprised by that. But, you know, we, we did goof on them when they, they did shit. But, you know, just to know that they actually listened to it. You know, didn't get butt hurt. You know, we're cool about it. You know, I love it. Hell, I'm, I'm, I'm still mad at Pretty Boy Floyd because I bought that album. You did? I, I did when it. I think I talked about it the show before. I saw an ad for it in hit parader, and I loved the cover. I just thought it looked like something Kiss would do. You know, it was cartoony, and there was all this lightning, and they're all like it was leather boys with electric toys. And I just, it was one of those, just from the cover, I was like, I gotta have this, it's this gonna be awesome. And I bought it, and it, it uh, soft. Well, you so hard.
1: You should be mad more at yourself than, than, than the band.
2: Oh yeah, never judge a CD by the cover. Nope. All right, well, next story, uh, Sebastian Bach takes lighthearted jab at Skid Row's new singer, Eric Kronwald, before performing 18 in Life. Uh, did you see this story?
1: Yeah, I saw the footage too. It was not, you know. He was just making a little joke. That wasn't even funny, but, you know, I see where he's coming from. He's is, heat, you know, but a lot. Of, also at the same time, you know, Sebastian Bach has all the right in the world to be fucking jealous. Because this fucking guy is a freak of nature, man. This guy is a fucking hell of a singer, man. He just floored me.
2: Did uh, did you listen to the whole album yet?
1: I love it. Yeah, I have it. I love that album. I think it's amazing. All
2: right. Well, I got it from Mister X. Uh, gotta admit, I have not got around to listen to it yet. But I heard two songs off of it, and I thought they were both absolutely horrible. Horrible. I heard uh, the game's all here, which I think we talked about before. You didn't like that one either. Yeah. And and then there's something called Bang Bang You or Bang Shoot Shoot or
1: Toot Toot. Oddly enough, I have the album in front of me. Was it Time Bomb?
2: Yeah, Time Bomb. Time Bomb. Is that the one that goes Tick 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 Tick? tick, tick, tick. Oh my god! That was like, holy shit, was that fucking. I think that was actually worse than The the Gangs All Here.
1: Well, I would, oh, give, I would give my opinion on what I feel about the song, but I gotta make sure if Mark likes it or not. If he likes that song, I ain't saying shit.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta find that shit out. You gotta rep for a Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was... And, and I'll get around to give it a chance, you know? Like, I know you told me I need to check out those EPs they did. Oh, no, this is e- better.
1: This is better than the EPs. Who sang on
2: those EPs? Solinger. Uh, both of those were with Solinger. Yeah. Okay, so they never recorded anything with that uh, Dragon Force asshole, right?
1: Nope.
2: And and then who was that before that? They had Tony Harnell? Yeah. And they never did anything with him?
1: Nope.
2: Okay. Alright. So both of those were with Solinger. Okay. Alright. Well, you know what? Fuck okay, it. I'll get around to checking that, but man, those first two songs... And... I wanna stress that I don't blame either one of those songs on the singer. You know. I, I just think they were horribly written songs. So I blame that on Rachel Bowen.
1: Check out the song Not Dead Yet. Holy shit.
2: No, I, 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 earth
1: track, Hell or High Water. I mean I I think, dude, even Gangs All Here well well, I gotta wait till fucking what Mark says
2: right now gang's all here i thought was terrible in time bomb i thought wow but horrible but uh, again it was the songwriting i thought was like wow this is like poison level stupid you know without the humor you know i I thought it was really just dumb dumb fucking hair metal um but uh but i have seen clips of this kid singing live and, and, and I do think he's got a great voice. He still, he looks too weird. It looks like a little kid out there, uh, you know, and he doesn't have great stage presence. But, uh, you know, the vocals, I, I thought were fine. But then again, you know, I bragged, I think it was on the last episode, about, you know, the new kid who's singing with uh, great White, And he's like 25 or 26, which is funny, because those were the ages of the bands that I used to listen to, you know, when I was a kid. That was the standard age, and now I'm like, look at this little kid out here, uh, you know, singing with these guys, and he looks like a fucking woman. You know, he looks like, uh, he looks like the bass player, he looks like Sean from White Zombie, but man, the vocals were like, oh, fucking, forget about it, I and mean, this guy sounds like Jack Russell. So, I- I'll give it a check out, but I, I hope the other shit's better than uh, than the two songs I heard. good boy.
1: I can give a rat to that. If they ain't playing shit off that first album EP. They can kiss my my culo. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Spice.
2: I like me some culo.
1: You know, when that when that fire happened, I was really shocked there was 100 people there.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't shocked they were all trying to get out.
1: Yeah, it wasn't the fire. <laughs> oh, shit.
2: All right. What do we got here? Oh, my God. I didn't see this. I'm glad I didn't. Guns N' Roses shared a new version of November Rain with a 50-piece orchestra. Uh, I
1: really? really liked it.
2: I bet you fucking did. You like sure. that song anyway. Right? I do
1: like the song, but but it's that dude, man, that fucking genius guy that did those Black Sabbath uh, technical XC. Steve Wilson is his name? Yeah. Yeah. He added real a real orchestra to it and it really oh, okay. it really adds to it. But it will make you cringy and I know you
2: Yeah, yeah you do. You know how I hate that orchestra shit. But I will give props to Steve Wilson. I think that guy what he's been doing with the Black Sabbath catalog I think he's a fucking genius.
1: And whoever the fuck it is that's doing that Beatles stuff is fucking awesome too.
2: Well I think that revolver one was uh, uh, George Martin's son.
1: Okay, I know he did another one too.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, he got uh, I, st- I, I still, have, I've got the uh, revolver. I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, you say it's incredible, huh?
1: Unbelievable, I gotta, good.
2: I, I gotta, I gotta check that one out. Uh, oh God! Here's funny. I'm not gonna go into the story because I didn't read it, but uh, Greg Graffin from Bad Religion, who bad religion is kind of like a I get a cross between metal and punk you know, to my ears but uh just as he thought you know the fashion the lyrics of hair metal was ridiculous and the funny thing is they show his picture right next to the lead singer from uh, uh, pretty boy Floyd <laughs> oh funny so it goes back to what we were talking about earlier uh, Nick Menza. The new Nick De Menza documentary is apparently being edited right now, and I'm looking very forward to that, and I'm a huge Nick Menza fan. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm on, I'm on the fence, you know, and I know this might sound sacrilegious son, but who's my favorite drummer in Megadeth? It's definitely between him and Gar.
1: Gar's uh, my favorite. I love Nick, but Gar's my favorite.
2: Yeah. This dude I, got
1: I, incredible love
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirk or whatever his name is uh
1: Ricky Rocket.
2: Yeah, Ricky Rocket. Uh but I love I mean I mean you know different styles of Megadeth but there's just something I always loved about Nick Menza and Nick Menza just seemed cool as a fucking person.
1: He was very nice I met him. Oh yeah. Yeah. He,
2: he just he just seemed really cool and uh I don't know. It seemed like somebody you'd want to have a beer with and fucking hang out, you know. And I think he got a, a raw deal from Mustaine, like most people. Uh, you know, and it's a damn shame. You know, I don't know, you know, towards the end of his life, when, uh, they were talking about possibly getting the rest in peace lineup back together, uh, Mustaine kept making it look like he just couldn't cut the mustard anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, But, you know, I mean, the man died on stage. You know, he was still playing up until his last breath. And I respect that. And uh, just a big fan of his drum work, you
1: know. I'm going to die on stage, Ian. I I don't know if you've heard this. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I plan on on dime-bagging Sammy Hagar. And I'm sure a cop will show up (laughs) and blow my brains out, too.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, he'll just be trying to make sure you finish the job and you'll get hit by accident. (laughs) <laughs> it was like good good i thought i was the only one let's finish it yeah Then they could get caught in the crossfire
1: hey want to talk but, about uh, that idiot how he's crying about alex van halen again
2: oh that yeah I, i'm glad alex isn't talking to him it,
1: it, it drives me nuts uh how this guy like you he loves to talk about van halen because if you bring up Van Halen to him, you know a lot of people, they don't want to badmouth people. They kind of like shun the question, they shy away from it, or they give a, you know, like a, a, a politically correct, friendly answer. A lot of people do that. You know, there's a lot of bands that hate members, but they don't want to say it. Now, Sammy Hagar seems to forget he wrote a book, you know? I mean, there's a reason right. Alex doesn't want to talk to you. You know. Yeah. Fucking hates you. What do you did to his brother? What you said about him? Come on, man. He doesn't want to. But Sammy acts like the victim. Like, hey, he won't return my cause? Well, dickhead. I wouldn't either. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't either if he wrote a book about me. Fuck,
2: man. That, and, and I, my brother. I, yeah, you know, and I'm wondering if, if Sammy's even telling the truth about making up with Eddie because the guy lies so fucking much. I mean, you constantly. Catch him in fucking lies, you know. Whether it's about fucking record sales or who was more popular or all this shit, uh, you know. And maybe that could be have something to do with why Alex wants nothing to do with him. No, you know?
1: also also remember a couple months ago when they brought up that Van Halen reading, he said, like, "I don't want nothing to do with it." And now he's all for it, you know. It's like, come on.
2: yeah. But I mean, if you're if you're gonna talk to say anybody's gonna interview Sammy Hagar, what are they gonna talk to him about? That's the only thing he's achieved in his fucking life that anybody remotely cares about.
1: I'm Is telling that he you, was I'm telling you, dude. If it weren't for Van Halen, he would be as famous as Rick Springfield. Oh yeah. And all, all you idiots are going, oh, I like Rick Springfield. Yeah, but he's he's a footnote now.
2: You know. Yeah. No, he, he, you know, and, hey, I love Rick Springfield. I love Eddie Money. Same thing. He'd be playing fucking county fairs, and that's about it.
1: You know, but and they, and but, that. Yes, but Eddie Eddie Money and Rick Springfield be playing uh, uh, county fairs, and Sammy Hagar would be the opener if he was never in Van Halen.
2: Oh, yeah. But he would tell you at that fair, he was the co-headline.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and, and then then he'd be milking Ronnie Montrose's name through the grave, you know?
1: Yeah, we we played the Wacken Country Fair. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, we played the parking lot at (laughs) Bakken. Ugh, shit. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck, I just can't wait to the day, you know, I wake up and, and, and see he's fucking dead. I really can't. You know, like I woke up today, I saw Aaron Carter. You know, he was like a boy band kind of kid. You know, he's dead. Why is Sammy still fucking live, man? Why?
1: Ah! Like, like, um... Oh, you know, we got to talk about the passing, and I know she's been off the radar for decades, but she was funny, man. Judy Tenuto.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She come out with the fucking uh, accordion and shit.
1: Yeah, she said something very funny about John Lennon. She said... If that guy that killed John Lennon aimed a little to the left, he would have been a hero today.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And how true she was.
1: (laughs) John Lennon's Uh, dead. Sammy's still alive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the world is not fair. Well, somebody who, unfortunately, uh, I I don't know how sick he is. It says just a minor procedure. But Rick Nielsen is sitting out a couple of cheap trick shows, including one here in Washington. Uh, Man, I could not imagine a cheap trick show without Rick Nielsen. But apparently.
1: They have done it like a couple
2: years ago. Yeah. uh, And maybe I just forgot, you know, drank a little bit too much. But it was the same person filling in who is none other than Robin Zander's son, who is a a multi. Uh, instrumentalist, I think he's actually he's filled in for Dax uh, Nielsen on drums, and I believe he plays with the band too, doing like uh, you know like offstage guitar and keyboards and shit like that too. I think I think he's done like a, a lot of different shit with the band, uh, but yeah, he's filled in for Dax. He's filled in for Rick. Um, you know, but God damn, could you imagine showing up at a cheap drink show and there's no Rick Nielsen? Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, but it's that, unfortunate. Rick Nielsen has to get surgery, but Sammy Hagar's perfectly fine.
2: Uh, I was taking a drink and you about maybe spit it out. Yeah, uh, what kind of world do we fucking live in? It's fucking horrible. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wish Rick a speedy recovery, whatever this minor procedure is. Uh, and that's that's another band I hope I get to see again. Uh, and I think they're playing they're playing like the extreme west coast of Washington, or I, or I would even go to the show even if he wasn't there just to just to hear those fucking songs.
1: I don't know why they're calling it minor. I think it's very very uh, major surgery he's having because I read the surgery is that they're going to remove his ball cap.
2: No, no, you don't want to see what's underneath that. Leave mm. that motherfucker
1: out. Let it shine, Rick.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he'll pull a Joel and Turner and you know he'll have the ball cap on for some songs. Some songs will take it on.
1: You know, you know, I'll never forget, I one time saw a free chip cheap trick show at the Hard Rock here in Miami. It it was a little small hard rock. And the way the band went on stage was they had to walk through the crowd. And the whole time Rick walked through the crowd, he was holding down that hat, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he walked through the crowd, holding the hat down, you know? I think some drunk <laughs> idiot was to knock it off.
2: Uh shit. Well, Speedy Recovery Need him back in Cheap Trick.
1: A, a fucking musical, demented musical genius, Mr. Rick. Oh, you,
2: you're damn right about that.
1: i was listen to Heaven Tonight yeah. today. You know that song, How Are You? It's kind yes. of, like, you know, I Want You to Want Me type, you know, a little snappy dillip. Yes. But then in the middle, it's like, Hello, how are you? I dreamed of you. It's so eerie. And also, High Priest of Rhythmic Noise, You Look Strange, that's what I like. You look strange, like me. a bedtime story, next position, please. Fucking love Rick Nielsen, man. I got, I got, yeah. you know, somebody donated for me to do my top ten favorite bands, which was a pain in the ass to do. And yeah,
2: I, I saved that to my watch later in YouTube. I have not got to it, but I was curious. Yeah
1: one it. one of the one of the comments I gotta tell you, my Maiden tards uh, I they're neck and neck with Kiss tards. One guy's like, you fucking t- you you put Cheap Trick and not even a mention of Iron Maiden. It's like, and I, I replied, I go, dude, you maiden cards are no different than Kiss cards. What do you care? And if it was Paul Deanna with maiden, definitely make my top 15, 20. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, and Kiss did not make my top 10, just like you Yeah. yeah.
2: One, one band's made it this far because of makeup, the other one's made it this far because of a mascot. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, coming from somebody, like I said, I've been on a. Huge, huge Maiden kick lately. Man, I've been listening to a shit ton of Maiden. None of it new. <laughs> and by new, I mean none of it in the last 30 years. <laughs> you know. Oh, Christ. Um, all right, well, next story goes back to this this prick we were just talking about earlier. Uh, yeah, i got to mention this one. Sammy Hagar says, I will never announce a farewell tour. And you know why? Because nobody would give a shit. Yeah. You know, he's not going to get rich off of, this is your last chance. This is your last chance to hear, I can't drive 55. Nobody gives a fuck. Well, nobody
1: asked him, you know? Yeah. You know? Um,
2: well, well, that's not true. I've asked him to retire many, many, many times.
1: Yeah, but he wasn't replying to you. He doesn't return your, mm. your question. No. Alice Cooper, you know, of course they're going to ask him that because he was torn with Motley Crue at the time. Yeah. And he said, he goes, I'm never retiring.
2: You know? Oh, oh yeah, I, I believe that. Uh, you know, he, he'll he be another one that dies on the stage and just keep going. And, and you know what? As long as he's out there, I'll go see him, whether I like the new album or not. Uh, that man just puts on a show that you wouldn't believe. Still sounds great. Uh... Still does interesting set lists that I love. And Alice always mixes it up, and will pull out some like, "Holy fuck, you know, where did this come from?" The last Um, time,
1: the last time I saw Alice, he did "Roses on White Lace."
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, and that's just how amazing he is, you know. A a couple tours ago, he brought out some weird shit from uh, from the inside. I, I, I
1: saw him. I saw him play Pain.
2: Yeah, that's that's. I mean I'm I'm not a huge fan of that song, but just the fact that love, or the album. That. But but still just the fact that he would play something like that and bring it out makes it, you know, so interesting to me. And I've been that way, uh you know, ever since I saw Jethro Toll. I saw Jethro Toll in the mid nineties, I think like maybe ninety four. And man, I would say they played maybe 30 or 40% classics, the rest were like a bunch of deep cuts from all kinds of different eras. And I just, I, even though I didn't know the songs, it sounded good and I just had so much respect for that, you know, it's like, okay, you still care about this, you know, I hate the people that just do the the standard shit every night and go through the motions and never mix it up, you know. Ugh. Much rather hear a band that, you know, somebody like Alice Cooper that's always going to throw you a curveball or something that the true fans are going to be like, oh, hell yeah. You know? But I'll tell you, the next story involves a band that did none of this. And that is the the Wasp 40th Anniversary Tour. Oh, my God. And I, I hear you're going to see this show, and I know there's a lot of our Our listeners who are going, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, um, it's not coming to Washington as of yet. Uh, But man, once I saw the set list, I was like, "I'm okay." You know, I I, I saw Wasp before, and uh, they pretty much did the the same set list, save you know a lot of the new songs that they're playing that I could give a shit less about. But, uh, I
1: don't care, I don't and I, I'm going to Orlando. Sea Armored Saint, who threw. Oh, who you want to talk about settlers? They're throwing out songs I've never seen them play before, like Book of Blood, Madhouse, Delirious yeah. Nomad. Well, I have seen them do Delirious Nomad, but but I mean, I, I haven't done Delirious Nomad since I sent the Symbol of Salvation oh. to 191. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I, I dude, I was fixated. Somebody filmed that whole show at the Vegas. My God, they were on fire. And that's, yeah. oh, it's like, yeah, I'd go see WASP if they play Fort Lauderdale, but I ain't driving to Orlando to see WASP. But I'll do it for Armand Saint, man.
2: Yeah, one of our listeners, I think, was at that, uh, was at the Vegas show. I think, was it Jason Lee? I'd have to check. Um, but, uh, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are going to see it. And I was kind of, I was really bummed out about not seeing it because when they initially announced the tour, Lackey was talking about how it was all going to be from the first album through Headless Cross. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm all about that. You know, and like, you know, a stage show that would be like, you know, the old stage show. And then what, what I've seen and the set list, I was so disappointed. I mean, you know, again with the fucking medleys. Uh, You know, to start it out, you know, songs I want to hear in their entirety. But then there's, you know, a lot of new shit, and then there's Crimson Idol shit. The only song off of Headless Cross, I mean Headless Cross, Headless Children, uh, is The Real Me. And that was played mixed with Animal. I'm like, really? What the fuck? And then the stage show, uh you know, he said, oh, it's going to be like a circus, like how I originally wanted to do, you know, uh, Inside the Electric Circus Tour, which I thought looked ten times better than what he's doing now. It's just a bunch of banners behind him and some videos. And, you know, and then there's talk of he's lip syncing. I I don't know if he is or not. I mean, I I still stand by, you know, Blackie's got an amazing voice. I think he can still sing.
1: What Uh, I've seen of the footage is that He is singing but there's vocals behind him as well like you hear his voice like double but he is he is singing um and he sounds great i think he sounds fantastic
2: well i would i I would agree with that because if you listen to you know a lot of wasp there is you know so many of the backing vocals you can tell you know it's blackie doing you know the main vocal and the backing vocals So I can see that. If that's all it is, I really don't give a shit. My main thing is the set list. First and foremost, it's way too fucking short. Way too fucking short. And then the songs they pick, there's no zero, zero fucking deep cuts.
1: Well, one one kind of deep cut in a medley, the torture never stops.
2: Yeah, but again, it's stuck in a fucking medley. I want to hear Tormentor. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, you know I, I want to hear, like, Widowmaker or something well, like that. I
1: understand why you think that. But, you know, man, I have this mentality that, dude, I've seen them play it. So it's kind of like, they don't play it, whatever. I mean,
2: it's all about Armored Saint, bro. Oh, no, I, I hear you. And I would go just for Armored Saint. Don't get me wrong, because I've never seen Armored Saint. But, you know, I, I saw... You know, I I think we might have been at the same show where we saw the same tour for uh, Neon God. Um, Oh, God. Did did you see that in. No, no, no. That that,
1: that didn't come my way. The last time Wasp was here, well, it was when I opened for them. And I don't remember what album that was. 2010.
2: Whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. That was probably Gorgathon or whatever
1: the fuck it's called. no no no, it was before that gorgon
2: was
1: it, uh, was it domi- dominator probably yeah i think that was yeah it. yeah
2: by the time that came out yeah i was i was
1: already in the right then. yeah i
2: think i saw him on the neon god tour uh in orlando with the uh, la guns god what a problem uh, um, horrible albums
1: yeah two, two of them.
2: those pieces yeah um, but the same thing, like the songs I really want to hear, you hear a verse of this and then they go into a verse of that, you know. And the, the shit I don't give a fuck about, they play it in its entirety. I'm like, what the? Oh, God, he needs to step away from this fucking Crimson Idol bullshit. And and actually, I had a chance to see him in uh, New Orleans on when they did that Crimson Idol tour. I didn't even fucking go because I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit. You know, I don't want to hear that whole fucking album. You know, I don't, yeah, murders, murders in the room, or murders, murders in the new. More. I
1: like, I like that one. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I, I, I like that song and two ballads, and that's it. I don't like the rest of that album. I like two ball the two ballads on that album, and I like uh, Chainsaw Charlie. The rest is like, the rest is like, you know, like that opening to- song is it's not a bad song, but it's kind of like, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, I, I mean. It, it's not horrible, but it's like
1: a block, It's, it's you know? a very overrated album.
2: Yeah, and it's its like, get off your hoop fixation. You know, you're not Pete Townsend. You're never going to be. I get it. You love Pete Townsend. Who doesn't love Pete Townsend? You know? that. You know
1: but, that album wasn't released in the U.S. for, I think, a year after it came out.
2: Oh, I know, because my dumbass paid to have it imported. Yep. That's what a huge... That's what a huge Wasp fan I was. I paid to get an import of that shit. And then I was like, hmm. You know, but man, if they would have done a tour that was just the first album through fucking Headless. And, and I mean, how can you not play like the title track of Headless Children? Or, you, know, you know, the Heretic and shit like whatever, you know. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, or just to pull out, like, an old, even, like, 95 Nasty or fucking scream it till you like it. You know? That no, no,
1: no, 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 no. You
2: know? I, I, I would,
1: I I'll agree with you on Widowmaker. Yeah. And Tormentor.
2: Yeah. You know? The fucking hell he in, dude. The hell he yeah. In, bro. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Or fucking even like something left field like Jack Action. <laughs> I don't care, man. Oh man,
1: my dream, Mantronic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mantronic, motherfucker. Bionic, but, uh, my neck in the news. That song know. is that song is poison level hilarity, but musically it's way better. But yeah, it, even, funny it, ass song.
2: It, even like a you know get out there and do douchebag blues. Yeah. You know you know, drop some rare shit if you're gonna do this, but
1: How about I, how about the Manimal? <laughs> you
2: know, I would I would go apeshit if they played Manimal.
1: The Manimal
2: <laughs> This is the son of Animal! This is the, the manimal, <laughs> manimal. <laughs> Yeah, I'd go fucking apeshit for that, you know?
1: I'd love to hear fucking um
2: Harder faster.
1: Savage <laughs> Savage. I don't know how, the why the fuck would they leave that off the album? That song, Wolf.
2: Or even even their cover, Paint It Black, you know? Oh, us.
1: yeah, that, Wolf. You know,
2: you know there, there's so much shit that would be perfect. And then I saw, I, I think it was, it might it might not have been Jason Lee, it might have been uh, just like a thread on the show, but they're like, oh, God, whatever you do, don't stand, you know, center stage because he's still got that stupid ass fucking, he calls it Elvis uh, you know that, that, yeah, that, thing that he yeah, you know that that's you know, people who follow uh, you know, Wasp in the history there's been all these stories about like him refusing to play shows because uh, it exceeded the weight capacity of the stage uh, apparently the thing is like you know Forget about it. A pain in the ass to get on there, and I think, you know, Lemmy had issues with him with, with that and everything. It's like, you don't need that. You know, move around the stage. Don't stand on there like it's a fucking hover round.
1: Well, I mean, like it's some... a big, it's a big ass mic stand. It hides his fat.
2: Yeah, but but it's, it's like, goddamn, don't stand up there like some fat ass in Walmart that's in their fucking go kart. <laughs> you know, move around a little bit. You might lose some of that weight.
1: When I when yeah. I opened for Wasp, he didn't have that stupid mic stand.
2: Uh, and I love Blackie, man. I'm pulling for him. I want him to do good, but, you know, ugh. Yeah. I'm uh, not
1: sad about missing this one. Manic, My neck in the news. BIONIC! <laughs>
2: Hell
1: yeah. That's the shit right there. Underrated gem from Lost. Man, uh, Mantronic. Mantronic,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, uh, again, if it comes by you, go see it, or don't. Who gives a shit? Next story, uh, this is a show I'm excited to see. Coming in January, I'm going to see Anthrax Black Label Society and Exodus. Holy shit, does that sound like a package? Or right. Does that come to you, Ralph?
1: Nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care anyway.
2: You wouldn't care anyway. Let me see. Is it coming to you?
1: No, no, it's not.
2: It's not. No, but I get to go see it, so I I, I'm go. excited I, about that.
1: I wouldn't go to see it.
2: Why is it? Why is that?
1: Well, I'd go for free, but. Well, you know, I I, I cannot support Zach Wild anymore. Nothing against the guy. I think. He, oh yeah. I think yeah, he released no. the greatest album of the '90s, but. You know, I can't support them, And I just saw Exodus and Anthrax. Yeah, Anthrax is good live, you know. I mean, I may, you know, be a, a little pickle whistler when it comes to Anthrax. But Joey's a great front man. And they got great tunes. Uh, but, god damn, man. I think I've seen Anthrax at least 15 times. And, like, yeah. you know, half those times was with Joey. The other half was John Bush.
2: Right. So, well, so, I mean... The-
1: if I don't see Anthrax, it's not like, hey, dude, it's, I've seen him so many times. And I saw the Among the Living. I saw Spreading the Disease Tour. I saw dude. Sound of White Noise. You know what I mean? Come on. You know? I mean, I yeah. wish I could have seen fucking Pisshole and that all, but, you know.
2: Well, the you know, main reason I'm going is because I only saw him with Joey once the last time I saw him. So I'm going again. I'd love to take, you know, I'd love for my son to get to say he saw Joey Belladonna. And, uh, you know, Exodus, and black label. So, Man. Dragging my dragging my boy. It's like in the middle of the week, I'm going to make him take the next day off.
1: Well, but, if uh, you only saw Anthrax once, I'd totally say, yeah, definitely. Go see him again.
2: Well, I mean, I've seen Anthrax. I saw him like four or five times with John Bush, but uh, only once with Joey. So, definitely definitely going on. I think it'd be a fun show to go see with my son. So.
1: You're more of a Joey guy, though.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I love I love them both. That's hard to say, you know. I I love, I love me some fucking Bush, not the band, the singer. I
1: I love me some Bush as long as there's a penis in there.
2: Oh hey yeah, oh, good. it's Trendy. training time. Training time. But uh, hey, speaking that's of the title uh, training time, yeah, training time. Choo choo. Yeah. Uh. But uh, speaking of which, uh, uh, talking about some Bush, the Armored Sane official documentary, Band of Brothers, is coming soon.
1: You know what's funny about that story? Is that a week prior to that story coming out, they asked John Bush that. He said, oh, man, I don't know when it's coming out because there's a lot of things repeated in the documentary. Like, oh, we already talked about this. So they're back at the drawing board. And then a week later, oh, it's coming. that 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 little preview of it looks badass you know
2: yeah I can't wait to see it but yeah you know if anybody understands editing it's you (laughs) (laughs) yeah cuz you're a pro at it so many people listen these episodes and uh, you know I, I appreciate everybody who thinks I'm hilarious and I'm funny and stuff like that you probably wouldn't think I was funny as funny if Ralph didn't edit the shit out of me because I'm a piece of repeating shit. Oh, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I mean, um people will be saying, well, he's half funny if it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: they're like, yeah, the first half but the second half was the same set. Yeah. <laughs> the same <laughs> jokes. The
1: same, the same mom and dick jokes toward the end.
2: <laughs> yeah. Nobody needs that shit. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, because I never picked up, didn't they have one called The Red Times? Yeah, like, like that?
1: no, they've, they've released well, that wasn't a documentary. They've released three or four DVDs Trip Through correct. Red
2: Times, yeah, uh, the correct.
1: magazine one. Oh, they just released uh, Symbol of Salvation Live.
2: Um, right, right, but I mean, I mean, the, the trip Through the Red Times was, I mean, maybe not a documentary, but it did go through the history of the
1: band, correct? No, it was just clips oh. of you know, David Pritchard. You know, kind of like Cliff Amal. Very much okay. like Cliff
0: Amal.
1: You know, I had a lot of bootleg okay. footage, some pro shot. It was it was very much mirrored what Cliff Amal was, and that wasn't a documentary. Just a um, tribute to
2: Cliff. Yeah, it's still the best Metallica home video. But <laughs> uh, well now we, we got to talk about a sad passing, and that is uh, D.H. Pellegro. Oh, yeah, yeah man.
1: That okay. Kennedy, that sucks.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, big Dead Kennedys fan. I know you are as well. Uh, and it sucks. And I thought it was nice that uh, that Jello uh, did a nice, like, little tribute to him. And I know they had their differences because, you know, D.H. was part of, uh, you know, the Dead Kennedys afterwards. He was involved in the lawsuit against Jello. And, you know, he was part of, you know, it was... Uh, E.H. Kloss and East Bay Ray, you know, toured with, you know, different singers as Dead Kennedys and Jello was very against that and everything. But uh, he still put all that aside and and did like a very nice, you know, eulogy to him. And I thought that was cool and uh, sad that he passed away said that, you know, something about, you know, he died from a fall. And I don't know if it was like, you know, he was fucked up and he fell. You know, and didn't like wake up, you know, or whatever. They've been kind of begged so far, but uh, yeah, sad he passed, man. I mean, no,
1: it is sad. And I wanna, I wanna tell the listeners this, not you, Ian, because you're gonna right. die before me, obviously.
2: Right. Oh,
1: so, duh. Well, when I die, I want one of my listeners to go to my funeral and do a eulogy, but just recite the lyrics to Mantronic. <laughs>
2: Okay, so okay so you guys know what to do for Ralph me I, wanna roast, you know? well, <laughs> I want to roast know I want nothing nice I want to roast yeah you'll be there
1: <laughs> I'll be I'll be there at your funeral and you know I mean I'll be stinking of your mom's vagina because she's gonna outlive you too dude and yeah,
2: so, uh, so will all the other paw bears what else is yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, I'll be there you know just telling jokes about you. I'll, yeah. I'll bet. The coffin. Yeah,
2: yeah. You'd be like, oh, 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 you thought he was funny. Okay, here's an episode called Creatures of the Night. Yeah. <laughs> Here, everybody.
1: This is my impression. This is Ian's impression of CC Hill C. doing a guitar solo. And I throw yeah. you out of the
2: coffin. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it'll still be more electrifying.
1: And people will <laughs> be like, man, even death, Ian's funny as fuck. I'll, I'll, I'll put a pink guitar on you before I throw you out of the coffin.
2: Oh, damn. Hell yeah. Well, speaking of pink guitars, we might as well get into our last story. And uh, I don't think we've we've talked about this yet, but uh, I'm sure you will either be getting this or somebody will gift this to you. Uh, Maybe you've already pre-ordered it. This enormous Creatures of the Night 40th Anniversary super deluxe edition.
1: Well, guess what, Ian? Check this out. I did buy it. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Uh, When it went on sale, 300 bucks. And right. I was like, I was like, Pfft, 300 bucks, fuck you. do doesn't even bring vinyl. Amazon's right. got it now for 100 bucks, 120 bucks. I said, oh, yeah. I'll get it now.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I saw like a big price drop on that. But uh, yeah, I'm holding out,
1: you know. I love Creatures of the Night. I think that's a fantastic.
2: Oh, no, I, I, I do too. It, it's, it looks pretty interesting, you know, the bonus shit. But, uh, yeah, no, it it looks uh, like a decent box set. I'm still holding out. I I want the Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits box set.
1: Yeah, man, I want 16 versions of You Make Me Rock Hard. Yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. And I I want the version of Beth with uh, Kevin Valentine singing. (laughs) And Alan Schwartzberg singing it.
1: Yeah. I, I heard there's a mean ass version of Anton Fig doing Hard Luck Woman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm holding out for. But uh for all you Kiss i I'm, I'm sure you're going to love it. And uh there you go. But that's enough news for this week. We need No, to it's not.
1: No, it's not. No, it's not? Oh. It's not? Uh-oh. I have two more news stories.
2: Oh, okay, here we all go. Right.
1: And I and I put this up on my channel today actually. But I th- I figured it's good enough to talk about. Uh, some band I never heard of called
2: 1975. Uh, oh, I know where you're going
1: here. Yeah, the singer was asked some shit and Metallica came up and he said I fucking hate Metallica. And, you know, I went and checked out 1975. Yeah, it's, it's horrible stuff, but at the same time it's just fucking opinion. And I give that guy props because by him coming out slamming the biggest metal band in the world he's going to get you some press. You know? Because everybody, either there's, people, there's there's two people that shared it everywhere. People that love Metallica, and also people that uh, hate Metallica. And they share it, and it gives this band exposure. Hey, it made me go check them out. And I put up a video talking about it, and some guy left a comment going, yeah, I went to go check it out, it's pretty good. And I was like, "There, there you go, see? See what I mean? You know, I never, and what I heard about this 1975 band, they pack houses everywhere. That's how out of touch we are with pop culture.
2: Oh no, I, I've heard of them. I think I saw them on Saturday Night Live or something. I wasn't impressed or thrilled with them, but yeah, they're they're popular. And supposedly, uh, the guy who made this comment uh, grew up loving metal. And uh, yeah, he, I mean, it. It, it, he listed a lot of other metal band, you know, shit that I don't like, you know. A lot of English, uh, almost like grindcore type stuff, I, I think he liked. Uh, you know, and he just said that they were the one band that he just never could stand. And, yeah, I, I can respect that, and, you know? I mean, if you look at their age, he probably grew up during the, the Load and Reload era, so I totally get why he hates them, you know? But, but
1: the thing is, Ian, I don't give a fuck what he thinks. After all, I do a show with you, and you hate everything yeah. like like. Yeah. What do I care? But people, people get so wound up, man. Like, yeah. fuck you. I never heard of you. Oh, Metallica, this. You ain't nothing. It's like, dude, sh- that fucker sold more albums than you. So you're gonna blame yeah. fucking oh Metallica. Oh, you know what was funny about that Pink Floyd, uh, Pink, Pretty Boy Floyd thing earlier? One of the, yeah, one man. of the guys that was tagging me goes, "How much did you sell?" I was like, "I bet you anything, Posey Holocaust sold more than that shit." I'd bet you anything it did. But yeah, I'm mean, at. And you know, people call me ball. Ah, oh, yes, I could have put up a picture with me and long, with long hair standing in front of 8,000 people in fucking Columbia going, have pretty boy Floyd done this? Yeah. But you know what? At the same time, these people are dedicated. They love this band. So by them m- bashing me makes all the sense in the world. And I can't get upset about that because... After all, I deserve it, you know? I deserve it. I'm bashing their their little pretty boy Floyd band, you know? But, uh, all right, so my second story, uh, related, I'm seeing Metallica tomorrow. Play nothing but the songs off the first two albums and Raven opening. Uh, Tribute to Johnny Z. Um, Tickets were insane, dude. Like, nosebleeds, 800 bucks. And, oh, my God. Dude, I I was up early on Ticketmaster to get tickets. And then when I saw the product, I go, dude, No, I don't give a fuck if Cliff Burton's up on that stage. I ain't paying $800. bucks. you are nuts. So there's a really cool dude. I'm going to give him a shout out. His name is J-Man. And J- yeah. J-Man got me um, the last, well, not the last three, but he got me three of those off the soundboard vinyl. The, yeah. I told don't get me that second one um and he said i'm gonna get you a ticket to this watch you know because he had some kind of connection and to tell you the truth dude i really didn't think he was going to come through i was like eh. and, and down to the wire because he got it to me got it to me like i don't know a few days ago and you know shows this sunday so i already thought yeah motherfucker came through and not only that i'm in the second level the the, the nosebleeds were 800 bucks i'm even lower wow yeah, man. So I'm fucking jazzed, dude. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to see. And to, to tell you the truth, I'm as excited to see Raven. You know, I, it's like going to be such a killer. I know it's going to be a killer fucking show. Where's know? it at? Uh, the Hard Rock. You know, it's um, it's all uh, it's a little bigger than what we saw Judas Priest. It's in the same venue, but they rebuilt it. OK. And it oh, looks okay. way more nicer now. Um uh, oh, wow. Very, very... I mean, I haven't heard acoustics that good since uh, you know, this place I used to go to called the Sunrise Musical Theater where I saw Randy Rhodes and stuff. Um, yeah. The, it, the sound in that place. I've seen so far there. I saw the Scorpions there. I saw Deep Purple. I saw Blue Is the Cult. And I've seen several shows at that place. And uh, The Who. And um, yeah, dude. So now I'm going to see Metallica. You know, it's a small venue. Paul McCartney played there, dude. The cheapest Paul McCartney tickets in the nosebleeds were two grand. And my friend went, and he said, like the upper level, like the lower level, there was a lot of empty seats. Of course, dude, they were charging like five, six, eight thousand dollars for lower level, and there was a lot of empty seats. You know, so for Paul McCartney, you know, um, who's playing there? There's another big band playing there soon. Uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen's played there, uh, Rolling Stones played there. You know, it's like all you know because these casinos, man, they, they throw these bands money that they that same type of money they they throw them at a stadium. Who knows? Maybe even more. You know? Wow. So wow. Well, you know, people, I can't wait to
2: hear. Yeah, I can't wait like, to hear your review
1: of that. Fuck Metallica because the ticket price is like you understand they're not the ones setting the ticket prices, but at the same time I do understand what Metallica should set up and say, yo, man, why are you charging that much? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, but I, again, I think it goes back to like what just happened with Bruce Springsteen on his new tour all the people were complaining about that, but he's played—he's paid a rate by Live Nation. Like they give Bruce Springsteen, hey, we're going to give you this for the tour and then they can charge whatever they want. Right and and that's when you get into uh you know a fucked up situation. And that's but, that's I mean, how
1: you that's how you know they 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 fucking paid Blue Springsteen a boatload of money
2: for them to charge that much to
1: you know oh break, yeah
2: more than break even, you know. Yeah. And and the same thing I mean, look at what Metallica's playing. You know, that's they're playing the good stuff. You know, you go see them at a regular show, you're going to hear fucking you know, fuel and you know, hero of the day shit. You know, you know, you're gonna hear some fucking. You know, I've I've seen a lot of recent Metallica set lists, and I'm still like, Ugh. you know, God, you know, do I really want to see them again that bad to, to sit through half a show of songs I don't want to fucking hear? And they've been pulling out a lot of same anger bullshit, trying to sell that shit again. And you like, know, nothing.
1: Metallica, Metallica's infamous for playing. For like two and a half hours, three hours, dude. What are they yeah. gonna do? They're gonna are they gonna throw out Escape? You know they're gonna have to do like fucking Blitzkrieg and Am I Evil?
2: You know because oh, yeah, those two yeah.
1: albums alone ain't gonna even fill ninety minutes. You know.
2: Yeah, but so, uh, it's gonna be. Wild. I, I bet I bet it's gonna be a great show, and that's so awesome. This guy to do that for you, man, that's killer. Yeah, man. God bless him. Awesome. Alright, well now we gotta go into the uh album we're talking about this week, and this is another fan episode. This is once again from Jeff Carr. Uh we previously did uh Sanctuary into the Black Mirror form. And this is the second of his three episodes. And I know some people are like, hey, I had heard of mine and you already did this is the second one of this guy's. Well, that's the way it worked out. So wham wham, wham. Yeah. But uh Shut
1: up, Aaron.
2: Yeah. We're doing a a Florida band. Uh, So you might have a lot more history with this band than I do, but Crimson Glory. And uh, I'll go ahead and go first and then let you talk. But uh, this is a band I'd never heard before this. And I had got their discography because I was like, oh, this is a band I need to check out. Uh, But I remember it vividly um, from an old old issue of Metal Maniacs that I had. I remember Metal Maniacs like 90% of it was black and white and and there'd be like a couple of color pages. Well they had the ad for this album when it came out and it was in color and uh, a very cool album cover. But it looked to me and and comes to find out I was right it reminded me of the movie Life Force, uh, Toby Hooper movie that came out in 1985. And it looked like the the poster for that. And I remember like, oh, I was all excited to see it. And then I thought the movie sucked. And so I'm looking at this one and I'm like, ah, that looks kind of cool. But I know that it looks like that movie that I saw that sucks, so I put off getting it. And I was like, well, maybe I'll get it. Cause that goddamn that's a good album cover. And then I saw a picture of this band and they were wearing these like Phantom of the fucking Opera masks and I thought it was the stupidest shit I'd ever seen. I'm like, that ain't cool. That ain't like Kiss. This this is gay. And I never checked it out. And then, you know, fast forward years later, uh, you know, when, when Todd LaTorre, joined rank, they said at the time he was singing for you know Crimson Glory got back together and he was the singer and I was like well let let me get their shit and check it out because I remember this band but I never checked them out so I got it and again I never checked it out but I knew it was like I I knew a bit of their history that they were you know progressive kind of like nerd metal kind of shit Uh, but it was always on the back burner I never checked it out and I was kind of like when I saw we had this I was like I might like it because, you know, it's 80s metal. So, you know, there's going to be something in it I like. But, man, you know, a lot of this progressive nerd power metal shit, I'm like, eh. But, um, yeah, that was my history with Crimson Glory. Never checked it out, but I knew of them. But never checked them out until this review. So, but, uh, you know, them being a, a Florida band, you got a little bit more history with this group?
1: Yeah, uh, I only saw them once, and I saw them on this tour, and I didn't know them at the time. And it was this tour, and uh, there was an extremely popular local band here that a lot of people, including myself, thought they were going to be huge. They were called Tough Luck, and I love Tough Luck. I mean, the guitarist was like a mix of Randy Rhodes and Warren D. Martini. He was sick, sick guitar player, and they they were so big they were headlining, and they headlined uh The Cameo Theater packed it, it was sold out and Crimson Glory was the opener. And I never heard of this band. I go in and I see these guys and yes, I have to agree with you. Those masks. When they came out with those masks, I was like what the fuck is this? But they fucking blew me away. I mean I couldn't believe what I was watching. I mean and this is their best album. Because I ran out and bought it and yeah, I was kind of disappointed in the neck. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but I don't think any of their albums is nowhere near as good as this one. I mean, I think they shot their load on this album. You know, and uh, I think this album is a fucking masterpiece. You know, when I think about perfect heavy metal, uh, this is one of them, this is one of those albums. And uh, it, to me, it's it's kind of lame. I mean, I know they were before their time, um, and it's kind of you know this band is you know relegated to cult status now and i think that's a fucking shame because this album to me is pure eargasms over and over again wax shoot out of my fucking ears you're listening to this shit i absolutely love this i worship that singer midnight who unfortunately passed away like 10 years ago maybe even longer And, uh, yeah, I never got this, they never came down again. They're a Florida band, which was a shame, you know? Uh, but I love, love, love this album and I'm not going to bash the other albums. I don't think they were bad, but this album is just too good. You know, it's like comparing Mindcrime to all the other Queensryche albums. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I hear that. You know, it's kind of like, it kind of went that route where it was just not as strong. So yeah, I, I love this fucking album and- yeah, I'm a little ashamed to say I haven't heard this shit in years. And listening to today, I was like, fuck, man. I mean, I always knew this was like a perfect album. But I was like, fuck, why don't I... Why Why? Didn't, why did it take me so long to put this back on? But then again, look at my collection. You know, so oh, much yeah. to pick from. But there's a lot of... You know, there's a lot... I, I forgot. I think it was Sanctuary. Or something that somebody made a review and I was like, fuck, man. I forgot how... Kill his album is because I haven't heard it in a while, but yeah, I, I absolutely love, love, love this album from Crimson Gloria, it's fucking phenomenal.
2: All right, well, why don't you take the opening track, Lady of Winter? Oh,
1: traditional metal greatness, you know, Midnight Man, whoa, fucking hey, what a voice! And those highs, he hits rule, man, and those riffs and solo. On this song, I mean, to me, this song is the epidome of metal. Perfect sound, perfect vocals. It's just a wicked song. I absolutely love uh, Lady of Winter. What do you think?
2: Well, uh, like I said, I had it, never listened to it. I put it on a couple days ago, like early in the morning. I was like, okay, I know we got to do this in a couple days. and I need to get familiar with this put it on, and when I first heard it, I was like, oh my god, does this fucking suck, I'm like, this fucking, it's like fucking, fifth rate fucking Queensryche, I'm like, oh man, a whole album of this shit, I'm like, another goddamn fan episode, son of a bitch, and I don't even know if I made it through the whole thing, I might have. And then uh, I listened to it again today. And I was like, okay, I got to get more familiar. I got to have, even if it's just to come up with a bad joke, I got to listen to it again. And I listened to it and it started grabbing me. What? I'm like, I'm like, huh? Are you what serious? The? Yeah, because, dude, the first time I listened to this, I was just like, oh, my God, another shitty album. And I listened to it again and I was like, man, I'm starting to fucking feel this. And I was like, because I was almost going to do my notes on, on the second listen. I'm like, I want to get this over with. I, I don't want to fucking have to listen to this shit again. You know, but I was, you know, it was kind of first thing in the morning. I was kind of lazy. I'm like, eh. And then it just started grabbing me. And then I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm listening to this. And then I'll do my fucking notes. Holy shit, I don't think I've ever had, uh, like, especially a fan episode, where I've done a complete fucking 360. Not even a 180, like three, like all around, like, holy fuck it, my head's spinning. By the third time I listened, I think I ended up listening to this four times today. I fucking love this. I am in shock. And, I thought for and, sure you were going to hate this. Man, and and I want to send this out, you know, to to all the listeners who a lot of like, oh yeah, I agree with Ian on this. I agree with Ian on that. Well, sometimes Ian changes his fucking mind, uh, because I did on this. Holy shit, uh, you know, and a, and a lot of albums I'm I'm quick to, like, okay, I load it on my phone so I can listen to it with headphones while I'm, you know, walking around doing shit around the house. Uh, this one is not leaving the phone. Man, did this fucking kick in? And and yes, I can see a lot of comparisons to Queensrÿche. Totally, uh, you know, some early Fates Warning. This is definitely like a, you know, progressive metal band and shit like that. And you can tell who their influences are. But if you're listening to this episode and you're like, okay, I'll check it out. If you don't get it the first time, I implore you, please. Please give it a couple listens, because it did not click with me at first. And I was so ready to cast this off. I fucking love it, particularly this song. Holy shit. And the first time I listened to it, I hated the singer. You know, I was like, okay, some of the music is all right, you know, but this fucking singer. Now I fucking love Midnight. I'm like, holy fucking shit. And I wanted to ask you about the other albums, because, you know, this is their second album. There's a self-titled the fourth, and then they did one after it. And then they got back together in the late 90s, but it's with a different singer. I have all of them, but I haven't listened to them yet. But this one, holy fucking shit. Um, Now, you say they were a little bit ahead of their time, but I think they were a little bit too late. I think if this would have came out a little bit earlier, because this was released in 88... And we're talking, you know, now we're full-blown fucking, you know, Poison and fucking, you know, you know, shitty Motley Crue and all all that other stuff. I think they were just too heavy for the time they came out. Uh, but God damn, do I like this. Fucking killer fucking song. Killer guitars. Uh, the guitar work on this album is, is fucking it's, fantastic.
1: It, it, the guitar work on this album is fucking ridiculous. good it is oh yeah it's fucking
2: ridiculous really fucking good and and like like i said man i totally changed on this and i'm loving the fuck out of this album right now and uh you know i wish i would have listened to it years earlier but I, i mean i don't know maybe i wouldn't have got into it as much when it came out but man i appreciate the fuck out of it now and uh just some killer fucking metal love lady of winter I'll take the next song, uh, Red Sharks. Definitely some maiden love on this one. And the uh, uh, I See No Evils, you know, in the vocals is a little over the top. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny what a mixed bag this song is because I can hear almost like some, some Twisted Sister in the gang vocals. And there's some parts of the song where Midnight almost sounds like fucking Blitz. But uh, it, it, it's over the top, but it's metal as fuck. I love it. Uh, not, not as much as Lady of Winter, but Red Sharks. And, and at first I thought he was saying Red Sauce. I'm like, what What the fuck? Red Sauce? What's he talking about? I don't know, but I like it. But it's called Red Sharks. And I fucking dig it. What do you think? Yeah, love it. What a smoking opening double guitar
1: axe attack on this one. And great melodic twin guitar playing on this. I mean, that, that solo on this song is ridiculous. So good. And I love the changes. And yes, it's very Maiden esque, I think, in the verses. Makes me think of Maiden a lot. A little sped up, Maiden. I think it's a smoking track, and it's one of my favorites off this. Uh, you know, seriously, man, it's, this shit, this band, and this album is shamefully underrated. You know, fuck those kitty spandex, power uh, poser bands from the 80s that you were talking about earlier that were big at the time. That was past Uh, as metal. This is fucking metal. Oh, I agree. You know, not that poison shit. That wasn't metal to me, man. At all, you know. All right. Next one's called Painted Skies. Man, I love it. Great change of pace, slowing it down. And it's like an epic track. And my favorite. I mean, I love the whole song, but that chorus, man, really hits me. I just love this man's voice. Um... And uh, I think it's a beautiful song, and, you know, it's an amazing, talented band, and I feel the emotion in his voice. Hey, you can't fake that shit, man. That guy had something very special. Uh, pretty much perfect in every way, I think. Vocals with true feeling and, you know, an incredible catchy chorus and shredding solos that fit perfectly into the song. And, yeah, that, that John Dennings, guitar player, you know, it's monumental, the shit he does. I absolutely love Painted Sky. Um, and it's not, you know, your, your blistering metal. It slows it down, but it's still, it hits me, man. I love it. What do you think?
2: Okay, well, you know how I feel about fucking, you know, balance. So, of course, the first time I heard this, I fucking hated it. Now, I fucking love this song. One of my favorite ones on the album, and as I'm listening to it, I can feel my hymen hymen growing back. You know, I got my cherry back. That's how pussy I I am with this, and I feel fine with that, man. What a great fucking ballad. Fucking Queensrÿche wishes half their fucking slow songs were as powerful as *Painted Skies*. Oh my God, do I love this song? Probably. Oh God probably my top three on the fucking album and, and this one you know even after you know I, I took my notes i listened to it again i like just crank this one up great great perfect fucking song all right i'll take the next one mask of the red death total queen's right but i love it god damn does this song get better and better with every listen this is fucking metal through and fucking through. Uh, again, I don't know why I didn't get it on the first listen, but I definitely get it now. And uh, this is one I would definitely pick out and say, man, just put this one on and crank it up, man. And, and give it a chance because this is some real fucking metal right here. I love Mask of the Red Death. What do you think? Pure magic.
1: Pure magic. Second favorite track off the album. That riff and flow is just total traditional metal greatness. I fucking love this song, and uh, I love again. You know, I know I'm repeating stuff, but they- those solos on this song and album, man. And, and but I gotta say, this will be my favorite solo. I mean, and and you were talking about Queens Right, dude. I hear a lot of Power Slave. That song, Power Slave, for me, and it's got a very very Power Slave feel. And you know, I'm—I'll tell you right now, up to uh, Power Slave, you know, uh, I, I'm a bigger fan of Maiden from up to Power Slave uh, from the '80s, you know. But this band crushes Maiden as far as musical talent. These guys were ridiculously great, and Midnight crushes Dickinson. No, 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 no use for debate. Uh, this song flat out rules, and I'll take the next one. It's called In Dark Places. This sick, melodic guitar playing, pounding drums in that godly voice. It's like mystical, heavy, powerful, progressive. Uh, but it's those vocals that, as always, are the real highlight to me, man. Midnight is, and I know this is a bad comparison, but it is true. Midnight is like Ozzy in that no one, can Sing his songs as well live. I've seen Delatore do um, uh, Mask of the Red Death, it's on YouTube. And though you know, he's good, you know, I'm not saying he's good, but you, you just can't replicate this guy. And it's just a grid, met mid tempo metallic track, great flow, you know. And uh, what I, what I love about this song is the mood, it totally puts me in this fucking headspace as a listener. That's why today when I was listening to it, I was like, man. I love the mood Midnight creates with that voice. I thought he was a true original. You know, I hear some, and and you know, I, the whole time listening to this today, going, man, Ian's gonna hate this shit because <laughs> I also hear what Sanctuary later did on Into the Mirror Block in this song. It was like I think Sanctuary was listening to this album, you know, because I hear you know some of that element. Uh, it's just. Oh my God! You know, Midnight was truly one of a kind, man. Very creative song, I think. Uh, More so than some other artists back then, I think. I think uh, you know they they took what Queensrÿche did and they added more of a metallic assault to it. I thought they were like a heavier Queensrÿche. I love in a dark place, in dark places.
2: What do you think? Oh yeah, I I think this one is a, a great album track. Um, I think I like the four before it better but who knows that could change man I don't know maybe it's a little bit better than Red Sharks I don't know Uh, but goddamn, it's another one that just gets better and better with every listen and you know interesting you, you know you brought up the Sanctuary which I was a big fan of the first Sanctuary album but not so much the in the mirror black one but maybe that's another one I need to go back and give a listen to. Because so many times, you know, especially with these fan episodes, sounds I have no history with, I don't know it, and, and if it doesn't click right away, I'm like, you know, I'm almost 50. Fuck it, do I want to waste my time on this shit? But this is one, like, if, if I would have done my notes on this on the first listen, you know, like I know you do a lot of times, because you're like, I don't want to go through that shit again. You know, maybe some of these albums that I fucking shit on, maybe I, maybe I would like that sanctuary a, a little bit more if I, if I gave it more of a chance. Uh, Cause I'm so glad I did with this one. Cause I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the mood I was in, or why I just wasn't receptive. But man, listen, the first listen, none of this shit was landing, none of it. And now everything is landing, perfect. And I, I think it's a great way to to end the first side. And man, what a powerhouse on the first side. And again, like you can't stop talking about the guitars on this. And the drumming as well. And there's a little bit of a mixture I, I read on this. A little bit of, um, you know, live drumming and there's a little bit of electronic drumming on this. And they did that because they were just trying to create like a weird sound and a French sound. Uh, And I I think they achieved it. I mean, it's just fucking killer. But I'll flip this motherfucker over and we'll start off side two with Where Dragons Rule. Um, I will say so far, this is my least favorite song on the album, but I still fucking dig it. And, you know, I can't think of a better uh, compliment, you know, Uh, it's, it's not bad. Uh, but I like it less than you know the five previous songs. But I, I don't know, just 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 killer. Give it a chance, man. It's not that bad, but not my favorite. What do you think of when dra- where dragons rule?
1: This is my third favorite. Uh, my favorite. Oh, okay. My favorite. We haven't talked about yet. Um, okay. I think the intro to this flat out rules one of the catchiest riffs I ever heard. And uh, everything about this is top-notch. Vocals, bass—I love the bass playing on this album. It's A little buried, but if you pay attention, man, this guy's very tasteful, is what he's doing. And uh, the backing vocals are awesome. And the guitars—I like the backing vocals that they incorporate in their music in this album. Really, uh, I think this is traditional metal at yeah, its finest. Where dragons rule—I love that shit. Fucking awesome. All right. Next one is called Lonely. And I think this is such a beautifully haunting song. And it it gave me chills today, listening to it. They made a video for this one, which makes sense as it's the like the most accessible track on here without compromising their sound. It still sounds like uh Crimson Glory, but it has uh more of a commercial sound, I noticed. I love it. I think it's catchy and awesome and vocals and guitars on this song are so iconic to me. You almost uh, pass by this, you know, like what I was talking about, the, the bass line, especially on this song. Man, it's so, these guys are so top notch that you're not thinking of the bass player, but if you really pay attention, especially to this song, what this bass player is doing, it's one of the my favorite bass works ever, dude, to tell you the truth. It's absolutely insane how well this album has aged, I think way, I think it's way ahead of its time because uh, I think people just couldn't, I think you know, a lot is image, you know, 80s was about image and people couldn't get back, past the masks um, but I think that's what hurt it, I agree, you know I remember when I, oh, I still have it I didn't buy it on vinyl, I bought it on CD and the back cover had that picture and I was like, see, you know this, this is what hurt them I think this is what hurt them is that You know, the image, and I understand the image because they wanted to, you know, stand apart from other bands. Look at Queensryche on Rage for Order, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Insanely great album, Rage for Order. So I think that hurt them, too, with that big poofy hair that Jeff Tate had, but I love it. Lonely, it's a great song. It's really cool, and, and, you know, the video has a real hot chick in it, but they're wearing those masks. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it, it takes away, like, it, this hot chick ain't saving it, you know? Um, I love it. What do you think of Lonnie?
2: Uh Yeah, man, I really dig this one. And, and I was surprised to find out they had a video for it. Uh, I do not remember seeing this on MTV at all, though. Um, but yeah, get, getting back to the masks, I guess initially... They wore, like, full face masks, like you see on the cover of their uh, subtitled debut album. And then once they started playing live, they realized how hot it was wearing those. So then they switched to, like, the Phantom of the Opera masks that were kind of, like, you know, half-covered their face and shit like that. And, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was a dumb look. But, again, I get it. They were going for a gimmick, something to set them apart and it's worked like gangbusters for so many other bands and some it hasn't you know it worked great for kiss it works amazing for ghost but for every band that does it you know there's bands like this or like you know maybe lizzie borden who, who tried the theatrics and it just never came off as well as other bands have pulled it off um But you keep saying they were ahead of their time, and and I keep... I I gotta say, I think they were behind the times, because if you listen to this, you know, like, musically and lyrically, I think it's a lot more like, you know, um, Queensryche EP and and the warning era, Queensryche. And by the time this came out, you know, Queensryche had Mindcrime, which... You know, still kept elements of of Queensryche, you know, you know of, of the early stuff, but it was it was definitely more commercial, but not necessarily in a bad way. But I mean, just the sound of Bob. But it, you know, in '88 to come out, you know, with music like this, which was, you know, by that time metal's getting lighter and poofier and more, you know, poison shit, and then then it was also about how you looked and here's a band that's covering up their faces so they didn't have like a pretty boy image to to, to show, and, and they're, uh, you know they're playing more traditional metal which you know you, you even you saw bands like Maiden and Priest were you know who invented this kind of shit you know were going lighter and lighter so I think if this would have came out earlier I think it would have had more of an impact but I absolutely love this song, and I thought you brought up a great point that while this is commercial, it doesn't, it's not a sellout song. It's just a different side of them, but it still has integrity. And I, I think it has a place on this album, and there's nothing like, you know, this is the radio song. It's just the catcher of the song. I, I think it's perfect. I need to go back and check out the video, and I'll probably definitely be posting that on the uh on the facebook page uh, but i'll take the next song burning bridges love the guitars on this one uh, and and i think i put i think this band was just a little too late and i think uh you know being on a bigger label might have helped they were on roadrunner at this time but you know in 88 roadrunner was nothing like you know what it what it became especially in the 90s I mean, who knows? It might have still been called Road Racer. Remember when Roadrunner was Road Racer? Yep. And it had, like, the Panther logo and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just don't think they had the money behind them or the promotion. And like I said, I never remember uh, seeing them on MTV. So, you know, between the image and the harder metal and stuff. Uh, but a great fucking song, man. And this guitar work. If nothing else, even... You know, I think some people might be thrown off by Midnight's Voice. But even if that takes you a little bit of time, just kind of zone out a little bit and listen to the guitar work on this. Because these guys are fucking incredible. Love Vernon Bridges. What do you think?
1: This is the greatest Crimson Glory song ever. So obviously it's my favorite on here. And I got to say, I did see Lonely on Headbangers Ball back then a couple times. You know, they, okay. I did, I do remember seeing it. Anyway. Uh, this song is like the textbook definition of the word masterpiece. I think it's a dynamic song in every way. I think it's an epic fucking song. The emotion and intensity just does not stop building. This is one of those building songs just gets better and better and better and better with Midnight's massive vocal talent. God damn, man. Gone way too soon. That guy, I'm sure he must have been pretty damn young. Um and the whole band really talented as fuck these these dudes were putting their soul in this music man that's why you know for me this music will be eternal forever man burning bridges is my favorite song off the album my favorite crimson uh, uh, glory song fucking killer all right the next one is epic as fuck eternal world uh and the build up on this you know to the lead break and this song is just so awesome. What an insane shredding solo and again, Midnight. I can't stop saying, you know, but seriously, I, I, I'm i listening to this today and I, on this song. You know, I'm like, holy shit, man. What a fucking voice on this dude, man. Uh, and, you know, really the whole CD, man, just pure progressive metal
2: awesomeness. I love Eternal World. What do you think? um i've done this one i love the drums and the guitars on this song uh but as far as the song this one didn't stand out to me as much and who know that shit could all change i mean look how much my opinions change in this album <laughs> you know from my first listen so it might change but this one didn't grab me as much um uh, but again you know the drums and the guitars, I thought, were fucking perfect. Um, yeah, Midnight was 47 years old when he died. Damn. He di- yeah, passed away in 2009. I uh, heard,
1: I and, heard that he died from, like, stomach problems at the, you know, people, I think it was band members, stressing him to go to the uh, hospital, and he wouldn't. And, unfortunately, yeah, uh, that's what happened. That's what I heard. yeah. And,
2: and I was wondering, because Midnight got back with him uh, right before he passed away. And I think they had recorded an album with another singer. I know the last studio they did was with a different singer. And it got really, uh, you know, bad reviews. And, and, and the fans didn't like it as much. You know, they said, It wasn't with Todd LaTorre. Todd LaTorre joined after Midnight died. But um, they put out an album in... Uh, 99 with a different singer Uh, but then they and then I think either they were recording an album with him or with another vocalist and then Midnight came in and I think re-recorded the vocals but it never got released or something like that but there was a lot of talk about how he wasn't, he was in no shape to fucking tour and I didn't know like you know what, did he get you know real fat or something or what i have no idea how he was at the end of his life but there was a lot of comments about him just not being well enough to go out on the road but maybe it was with uh you know i i saw you know a lot of stories of substance abuse uh you know a bad drinker or something like that but uh nah man he, he sounds good here it just didn't happen to be you know my favorite track on him but then I'll, I'll take the last one, Transcendence, the title track. I really dig this song. I do. Uh, and I kind of see why it's the last song on the album. But to me, I would almost rather, you know, somewhere different in, in you know, the, the placing on the album. I do believe this song is very... Front loaded, I, I you know I think you know side one is damn near perfect, uh, and there's some songs on side two. Like there's nothing I hate, but I don't know if it's as strong. And I think Transcendence would have been better placed somewhere else in the album. And I think like Burning Bridges would have been awesome to, to end it on. But then there's just something about the mellowness of Transcendence, which okay I can kind of see why that's the end. But I think, like, I kind of lost something with Eternal Ward. I, World. I lost, like, a little of the momentum. And that could change. But I think Transcendence is a, is a cool, mellow track. And I, again, I do get why they picked it as the, the ender, even though if I don't agree with it. What do you think?
1: Well, as shocking as I am that you like this album, uh, give it more listens, because this is a beautiful way to end the album. I think it's perfect it's beautiful and it's a calm song uh to wind down you know with such an epic album i think it's absolutely soulful and timeless um again such a tragically underrated uh underappreciated band i I think this song is absolutely jaw dropping even in 2022 listening to today and seriously i'm listening to this on today this song really even though it's not my favorite on here, it really did transcend music to me like Pink Floyd The Wall does for me. It has this kind of, I don't know, this texture that just really like grabs my soul. And I think this song is just perfect and it's mysterious and it's unique. And uh, this song is for eternity, man. Midnight was a fucking genius the way he sang this song. Absolutely love transcends great it's probably
2: my fourth favorite nice all right well that is our review of crimson glory this was released november 14th 1988 so even even later than i thought i was a freshman in high school when this came out and and i'm looking at the label yeah it was road racer still road racer in europe in the united states it was released on mca which uh you know uh who else was signed to MCA oh yeah pretty boy floyd <laughs> <laughs> they weren't they weren't known as a big uh wheeler and dealer in heavy metal at that time MCA i think there's only a couple bands that were signed to them um so i can kind of see where this got lost in the shuffle plus you know they didn't have the the pretty boy image they were playing harder rock you know at a time when you know we're on the verge of 89, you know, it's all about down boys and shit like that when this came out. But I couldn't be more happier about, you know, finding this band and finding a new album that is not gonna leave rotation, uh, you know, in my collection. And I'm really, really happy about this. this. is a pleasant surprise. And I know, Ralph, you probably were really taken aback that I liked this as much as I did.
1: Very much so.
2: But, uh, yeah, and, and I implore all the listeners, you know, give give this a fucking spin, man. And if you don't like it, still, give it another couple listens. See if it sinks in, man, because it totally it totally changed for me. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. We'll get to thanking you later. But thank you, Jeff, for picking this one, man, because, uh, man, I, I, I got a new fucking great fucking metal album to listen to even though it's fucking over 30 years old. (laughs) It's, it's new to me, man. And I'm fucking digging it. Right. All right. right. Well, now it's time to go into the pick of the week. And, uh, Ralph, you got one? Or you want me to
1: go? I got my little theme song. Okay. It is time, but not like other times. Fuck saying Ian before Ralph, I go first. Pick of the week. Um, I'm going to stay with uh, Crimson Glory here because um, <clears throat> back in like, uh, I don't know, six, seven years ago, Midnight released like this triple CD thing uh, called Descending Into Madness that doesn't sound like Crimson Glory. It's, you know, it's kind of chill and, you know, I, I anybody out there that is familiar with this album probably doesn't know about this because I don't think it's got any press. And I remember it was uh, a friend of mine, George, that burned me all three CDs. He's got to check out this Midnight uh, Midnight thing, you know. I was like, alright. And I, and, I, and I really, really dug it. Uh, you know, I still have it in my CDR collection. I don't think I can get it now. I think they were limited. But it's called M2 Descending Into Madness because there's an amazing band out there called Midnight that's opening for Merciful Fate now. So that's probably why they called it M2. And, uh, yeah, I highly recommend. I mean, it's different, but you get to hear the amazing man's voice. M2, Descending Into Madness is my pick of the week.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It says it was the second and final solo album by Midnight, and it was released five years after his death. And Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah, it, it was. was.
1: I do remember that when he uh, he said it was new. I was like, how can it be new? He's been dead several years. He's like, yeah, you know, it's one of those, what do they call it? posthumous albums, whatever?
2: Yeah, yeah, it says it was, and it was a limited edition release. Yeah, so, killer. I'm, I'm going to have to look into that now, man. I will definitely check that out and give this a chance. Oh, hold on a second. I got a cat coming. Yeah, yeah,
1: your, your new cat wants to take over for Tommy. <laughs>
2: All right. right. Now it's time for my pick of the week and I'm going like a total like has nothing to do with what the fuck we're talking about but I think we have some listeners that will dig it and that is a band called the Upstroke and uh, they are probably I would say like you know 95% instrumental but it's all like groovy funky shit and I have three of their albums and I I think a couple of them are available on iTunes and if somebody really gets into it send me a message and I will Mr. X you the three that I have but uh, the album that I'm recommending today is called Porno Groove The Sound of 70s Adult Films and I love this shit. And I know, Ralph, you always like to, to pick up a, you know, a song to play in the background while I'm talking about it. And I'm gonna tell you to pick the song "Grateful Head." Okay. <laughs> and I think you know, they, And I love that they have they have a Porno Groove Volume Two. And and they they have the song titles, and then they have them like being from, from fake porno movies. Like there's one called Confessional, and it's from None Like You, N-U-N. <laughs> Ripe Melons from The Farmer's Daughter. Spread Them from Ride Me Like a Wave. <laughs> Fix Your Faucet from Laying Pipe. <laughs> <laughs> <And it laughs> Balls in the Hole from Corner Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, it's just a great, like, you know, you want to put in the background at a party or something like that, or you just want something to chill and yeah, I have two albums. It's all like you know fake porno music, and then they have an album called Mad Dogs Hustle that is like a a fake black exploitation soundtrack. But just total fun, like groove shit to put in the background. You know, get your fuck on, or just you know something hip to put on during a party. I think you'll dig at The Upstroke Porno Groove. The Sound of 70s Adult Films. That is my pick of the week.
1: Right on. That sounds interesting to me because I love that 70s funk. And yeah, those uh, songs in those old, you know, uh, John Holmes movies. I love that music.
2: Oh, yeah. If you like that shit, you'll like this. And I mean, there's some great, like, guitar work in this too. I mean, some really tasty fucking licks and stuff. Uh, You know, just if you want a little something different the upstroke check it out right on all right well now it's time to go to fan of the week and fan of the week we've talked about before the one only jeff carr who god bless his soul damn it he paid for three fucking episodes that's dedication man that's a lot of a lot of coin this guy dropped to hear our fucking thoughts and uh you know maybe he was disappointed in what i thought about sanctuary but i know you love that album We both love this album. Uh, And we got another one of Jeff's that we're doing next week, too. Uh, I don't know when that one will be up, but... uh, God damn it, this guy puts his uh, money where his mouth is. And, uh, man, just... I appreciate it, brother, man. To spend that much coin on our ass to get us to rock and pod. Holy shit, you know? And I love, you know... He's active on the Facebook page, and uh, you know it's it's just killer. Again, I, you know, said it a million times. We bitch about these fan episodes. We want to get back to doing what we want to do, but God damn it, we you know we wouldn't be you know at the rocking pods and doing all this stuff in the past without you guys. So thank you. And uh, Jeff, I hope hope you're pleasantly surprised how much we both love this album and I hope a lot of other listeners go out and check it out. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, well, duh, we know you did. Hopefully you enjoy this album. Go check it out if you don't know it. Come back next week when we got another fan-paid episode. Is it Jeff's Pick? Or it might be an episode with a special guest of uh, Eric RMCP, Who knows? We'll see what pops up first. But we guarantee you're going to laugh at our fucking mom and dick jokes.
1: And and, and, and Ian, in case we can't get no guests next week, I got a guest I can get on the show. I got connections, dude. Oh, yeah? I I can get the son of Animal on our show.
2: You mean the Manimal.
1: That's right. Mantronic's too stuck up.
2: (laughs) Come back next week the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
1: Bang, bang, pizza skulls.